Thank God for the unity of the church. Amen. We have learned what unity consists of. We went over unity consists of being of the same mind and spirit. So when we come together with the same kind of thinking, thinking the same thing, being on one accord, we began to accomplish what God would have for us to do according to his word. And we established that through 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. And it tells us in verse 10, I'm reading out the extended Bible. I beg, urge, appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name or by the authority as followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with each other and be and not be split into groups divided. I beg that you be completely joined together, fully united or made complete by having the same kind of thinking, mind, and the same purpose and intention. So this is what unity is. We come together, and when we come together as one, as um, a body, and we know that when we come together with every joint that supplies in the body, and we have the same mind, the same kind of thinking, we can accomplish things. We went over the Tower of Babel about two Tuesdays ago where they were on one accord and they had Nimrod as their leader. And as he gave them the orders on how to build that tower and they came together, they were building the Tower of Babel. But then God saw that nothing that they imagined to do, that they were coming together to do, that they would be able to accomplish by coming together. So he brought confusion. He confused their language. So that brought, what, division. So none of them understood what each one was saying. So God is letting us know when we come together in unity, when we get in the same teaching, the same doctrine, when things um, need to be done in the body of Christ and we come together as one body, not looking at what this one is doing or what that one is doing or saying, I need to be doing that and they need to be doing this. That's the enemy bringing division. So coming together as one, we began to do what God has called us to do and, and for that purpose. And we looked at unity in the word of God. Um, you know, when you um, in the same doctrine, Upon the, the same teaching, which is doctrine, you're going to have unity when it comes to the word of God. You're not going to have one person saying this and another person saying that because you're getting the same word. And that's how it's supposed to be in the body of Christ. And I also gave you John 17, 8, unity in the name of God. Everything that we do, we do it unto him. We do it according to God's will, according to God's character. And as we do that and do it according to the word, they know who we belong to. They know who we represent. And that was John, the 17th chapter, 11 through 12. And unity in the love of God. We know that God has given us his love that shed abroad in our heart through the Holy Ghost. So everything that we do, we do it out of love. And when we do it in love and we're coming together in unity and everybody is doing it, out of the love of Christ, that's bringing unity. Also, John 17, 26 explains that. But what I want to do tonight, um, I'm going to be talking about the fivefold, but before I can even go into the fivefold, I have to start with Jesus himself. We talked about in the Old Testament how God gave his pattern um, to people, how he wanted his temple built and how he gave the pattern to Moses. And then Moses gave it to others to carry out what God had given him. 
So now we're going to get into um, everything dealing with that temple, that tabernacle. It was referring to Jesus Christ. It was referring to the one that was yet to come. So everything in that tabernacle represented Jesus Christ. So when Jesus Christ came, y'all know he came through a version. We know all that. God had given him his pattern, the way he wanted things to be done on earth. You know, the Bible say the word became flesh and dwelt among us, tabernacled among us, which was Jesus Christ. So Jesus became flesh. He was the word. And God sent him here on earth to show us his pattern, his way of doing things concerning the church, concerning the body of believers, which is the church. We established that. The building we're in is not the church. We're the church. So we already established that. We also established that in Matthew, the 16th chapter, um, when he was talking to Peter, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he gave Peter revelation on that. Um, dealing with Jesus was that rock he was the foundation so everything is built on the foundation according to first Corinthians what 311 and that's talking about Jesus Christ this is what Paul was talking about it's talking about everything is built upon him which he is the foundation so the Lord um, impressed in my spirit the Holy Spirit was reminding me because each time I go through this I want to make sure I don't miss anything We talked about the foundation. We talked about the unity in the body of Christ. But he had me to back up and talk about Jesus again because we know he's the foundation. He's the one that um, Paul was laying, which was the apostle Paul laying the foundation of Jesus Christ. No other foundation any man should be laying except what was already laid. So God began to show me. He said, okay, when we deal with the apostle, first of all, we got to talk about Jesus carrying every role of the fivefold. And I'm going to show you in scripture. And the reason why I'm showing you this is because I can't go to Ephesians 4, 11, in which I'm going to go there, that tells that when Jesus went to go be with the Father, he gave gifts unto men, which y'all know was apostles, it was prophets, it was evangelists, it was pastor and teachers, right? So Jesus gave them those gifts. Now, Let me back up some more. I may be going a little fast, but I'm going to go over it again probably next week. He did give all those gifts to men. But remember, Jesus went to be with the Father. And by him going to be with the Father, he did not leave us here on earth without what we need to um, have here on earth, which he know we needed apostles. He know we needed prophets. He know we needed evangelists. He know we need pastors. He know we need teachers. So this is what Jesus had to do first. God is not going to leave something here on earth for, um, for us if he have not presented it before here on earth. Nobody's going to leave. I, I can tell you this. Um, God is, uh, the Holy Spirit is impressing this in my spirit. You know how we're living right now. But everybody in this room, or some of us, may have a will. We have life insurance, right? And with that life insurance that we're leaving, we're making sure that when we die, when we bury, that funeral is taken care of. We leave leave a beneficiary over that policy to make sure everything is carried out the way it needs to be carried out. We also have a will because, you know, if you don't have a will, you're going to have children fighting one another, trying to get what mom and daddy left or what somebody left. So that's just what's happening here. Jesus didn't just go be with the father without leaving order for the church 
And Jesus actually walked out the order for the church to show us that he was actually in the role of the fivefold before he went to be with the father. So he had to instruct them how it's supposed to be when he go be with the father and to, to continue what he carried out when he was here on earth. So the, the role that Jesus carried out, I'm going to talk about an apostle. We can find this Jesus as an apostle in Hebrews 3.1. Hebrews 3.1. It says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So Ephesians 3.1 is telling us that Jesus was an apostle. And when we look at the word apostle, you can look it up in the Greek, and it says it's a sent one. It's an ambassador. Now, this is sort of a long definition that I spread it, spread it out, but you can just shorten it by saying a sent one and an ambassador, a, delegate, a delegated one who is sent forth, one commissioned and authorized by another to represent another to carry out his will and purposes. That's long, but you can just put a sent one and an ambassador. You can shorten it, but I'm just giving you all of this. It says the sent one is one with the, the sent one is one with the one he has sent, meaning that Jesus and the father was one. They were in unity. They were on one accord. So an apostle is a sent one, an ambassador, a a diligent one who is sent forth, one commission and authorized by another to represent another to carry out his will and purposes. The sent one is one with the one who sent him. It's one with the one who sent him. So you can just put an apostle is one that is sent as an ambassador. That's how you can shorten that out. So this is what Jesus did. And I'm going to give you scriptures to back that up. But I want to start off with Jesus himself being an apostle because you know they said that the apostles and prophets went away you know after Paul and all of them it was no such things as apostles and prophets we shouldn't have that in the body of Christ and that's not truth because in that case it wouldn't be in the Bible in Ephesians dealing with the apostle Paul when he said what Jesus done so when we look at that we know it's a sent one so Jesus was sent by the father Meaning that Jesus was like an ambassador. He was carrying out a message for the Father. And he had authority from the Father to carry out that message that the Father was giving him. He was sent from the Father. Now, one thing that we got to understand. Remember I said that Jesus is not going to um, tell us something and leave without us doing what he told us while he was here. So everything that Jesus done while he was on the earth, he expected it to be done when he left the earth. So this is why he chose men and women to fulfill the spot that he had while he walked the earth. And look at this scripture, Colossians 1 verse 18. Colossians 1 verse 18. And I'm reading out the expanded Bible. He's the head of the body, which is the church. He's the beginning, meaning the source of the church, the creator of all things, or the beginning, initiator of end-time resurrection. He's the first one who was raised, firstborn from the dead. So in all things, Jesus has first place. So we got to see Jesus above all, everything. He's, he's above all, he's over 
all. So this is why I'm starting here with Jesus because everything that Jesus done while he was on the earth, he has left men and women here to carry out what he done while he was here. Now I want you to catch this. The one that sent Jesus was the father. It was not man. So when we look at the call of an apostle, it does not come from man. It comes from, from God. So when God calls somebody to be in that um, gift, um, dealing with a, being an apostle, it's going to be a call from God. Now I can tell you with my walk with the Lord, that's where I did not start out at, but that's where I ended up at with, with the call of an apostle. And when God called me to be, um, to walk in that call, I heard him tell me that, but I didn't share it with anybody because this is what God had called me to do. I wasn't waiting on nobody to ordain me. I wasn't waiting on anything because I was sure of what God said. So I didn't broadcast it, but God had me already working in that ministry gift. He had me already operating in it because an apostle governed. Apostle is a visionaire. Apostle is one that is sent by God. Apostle is the one that organizes. Apostle is one that sees stuff before it even take place. That apostle know how it's supposed to be in place. It's just like um, God raised me up in the business field. And he took me through all of those levels and I never understood, okay, Father, I'm going from file clerk to cashier. I'm going from cashier. I, he just took me up the ladder. He was putting me in different departments and showing me how to run different things. And, and I even learned some stuff dealing with pharmacy with Donna. Jennifer, I was up there and she was showing me stuff in pharmacy. I'm like, this ain't what I'm supposed to be doing. But everything God was showing me how it was coming together in purchasing. I knew how things supposed to be in purchasing. I worked with the accounts, dealing with accounting. I did all of it. And I'm thinking, okay, God, what's the purpose? God was taking me through all that for such a time as this. So this is why I'll say this. It's too many people trying to put themselves in a position that God has not called them to be put in. This is why you got to be careful when somebody come up in your face and tell you, oh, you a prophet. See, everybody that prophesies no prophet. Just because somebody prophesied, that does not mean that they are a prophet. So we, um, we're going to go through all of that to let you know the order of the church and how it's supposed to be. So God sent Jesus. And when he sent Jesus, this is what scripture um, is saying to back it up. Look at John 3.17. John 3.17 says, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So when God sent him, he sent him in not to condemn, but to what? To save. So he was sent by who? He was sent by God. When you look at that word sent, it's dealing with a messenger. It's dealing with um, a sent one, an ambassador. He was sent from who? From God. Who sent him? Was it man? Who was it? It was God. Then um, John 3.34 is another one. For whom God hath sent, speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus was sent by God, and he was sent to speak the words of God. So Jesus had a message 
um, from God for the church, for the ones that he was going to set up to be the church. And Jesus was the one that was carrying that message. He was sent from God as an apostle. John 7, 29, I'm giving you a lot of scriptures. John 7, 29, but I know him for I am from him and he has sent me. Now, this is one thing I want everybody in the room to understand. Now, we know that God sent Jesus, right? And we know that everything that Jesus was bringing was the word that was coming from God. But this is what he said. Jesus was sure that God sent him. So an apostle has to be sure of that call that God has placed upon their lives. You have to stand up in that confidence and know your call is from God and it's not from man. Just like Apostle Paul, he knew he was called to be an apostle by the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew his calling. He was sure of his calling. That's why he could function in that call. So Jesus was sure that God had sent him to do Um, what God has sent him to do, to be a messenger. He carried the authority that God needs for him to carry through the message, through the word that God was sending, you know, down here on earth. The next one is John 17, 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know him, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. See, I'm using all these words, sent. Because an ambassador is sent. He's carrying a message. And that message is coming from God. Last scripture. John 17, 8. For I have given unto them the words which thou hast gave me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came out from thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. So they believed that Jesus was sent because of the words which Jesus spoke. And they knew those were not Jesus' words. They knew those words was coming from God. Jesus had a message um, that was from the Father. Now, I'm going to wrap this up. When we look at an apostle, apostles one sent. I'm just using Jesus as an, an example. Jesus knew he was sent from the Father because everything that Jesus did, everything that Jesus said, he knew it was coming from the Father. Man didn't give it to him. He knew that it came directly from the Father. So an apostle that God is sending out, they're only going to do what the Father requires them to do. Now, when we look at Jesus... First of all, Jesus had to know his call, right? I'm going to give you every one of those fivefold up under Jesus, but I'm going to start with the apostle, and we're going to go on down the line, next prophet dealing with Jesus. But as you notice, when Jesus got that call from God and he was sent, I'm going to back up. Jesus had to be prepared for that call. When God called you to anything, he's going to equip you for what he has called you to. Remember when Jesus was lost from his parents and they went three days and didn't know that Jesus wasn't with them but when they found out that he was not with with them they found him where in the temple he was listening to teaching he was asking questions and they were astounded at his understanding his answers but when they found Jesus Jesus told his mother he said did you not know I was about my father's business What this means is, did you not know that I was in my father's house? Did you not know that I was there and getting taught? So Jesus was already getting set up, y'all, for where God was um, carrying him at an early age. But look, he was still up under his mother 
and his father, which was Joseph. But they still took him to the temple, to the synagogue, and he would hear those teachings. But when they lost him, he said, didn't you not know I was about my father's business? Did you not know I was in my father's house? Did you not know I was getting teaching? So Jesus was where he's supposed to be. And the Bible said he was full of wisdom. He was full of stature. Jesus had all of this at an early age. But guess what? He didn't have the power of God upon him yet. Now, when we stop right there, if, if you read the New Testament, you will see that Jesus did not go out and do nothing until he was endued with power. Is that not right? So he had all of this before he went into ministry. And this is where we miss it at. So many people want a title, want a position, but you don't want to get equipped for the position. Give you another, another illustration. I have never seen nobody fill out an application, get hired, and start working in that position without training. Have anybody done it? Manny, I don't think that you filled out an application to be a mail carrier. And then after you filled it out and they hired you, you got into that car and started delivering mail. Did you not? How long was your training? So you got trained. Is that not right? So when they thought you were where you needed to be, they probably left you to yourself. Is that not right? So when you were left to yourself and you got the hang of it, it wasn't the way they actually, sh they showed you the right way, but through the help of the Holy Spirit, you got a better way. Is that not right? But you got to start out with what man is showing you, right? So they had to put somebody over you to show you how it's done in order for you to do it, right? So you had to take time out for what? For training. Any job you go on, and, and first of all, even before you get that training, they got to tell you your benefits. That's not right. They got to go through the whole thing. They got to tell you about the company, how the company run, you know, what you're getting from the company, if you miss days, the conduct, everything. Is that not right? They make sure you have an employee's handbook. How many ever read that employee's handbook? I don't even remember what I'll say. Only thing I remember is how to clock in and clock out and what my benefits said when I needed them and the dress code. You knew all of this stuff, but you took the time. And then this is the key. When you messed up in that company, they had somebody to bring you back in the line, didn't they? The one that was over you, they say, according to this book, you know, you out of line. And this is what you need to do to get back in line. If you don't get back in line, this is what I'm going to have to do, write you up, right? But these days in time, they'll get rid of you for any little thing, right? Is that not right? So when we look at the order of the church, Y'all, there is an order in the church that we have to follow according to the word of God. And Jesus was the first one to bring that order. But he had to be endued with power from on high, from the head chief, the one that's in charge. 
had to give him power from heaven to carry out the kingdom here on earth. Jesus couldn't do it without the power. He couldn't be an apostle that was sent from God with a message from King of Kings and Lord of Lords without the power to deliver the message because when the message is delivered, it's going to be manifestation through what he's delivering to show God's glory being revealed through Jesus Christ. So that, that's what an, uh, um, an apostle does. So Jesus had to be endued with that power. The Bible says after Jesus was endued with that power, Jesus began to preach, y'all. Can you believe it? Come on. He was the father's son, but he didn't begin to preach until he had come up out of the water and, and was endued with some power from on high. And the first thing this man was talking about, but before that, y'all know he had a wilderness experience. See, we don't want to have a wilderness experience, but he didn't go into that wilderness without power. The spirit led him in that wilderness. So see, there are steps that have to be taken before you want title. And it ain't about title. It's too many people looking at title. They're forgetting the order of the church and how things supposed to be in the church. They're putting in and everybody in a position that God didn't call them to do because they're looking at money. It's not about the money. It's about following the order that God has for the church. And that's why we're going over this teaching because there's so many in the body of Christ that's out of order that when people do come together with order, they get mad because that's not what they were taught. That's not what they, oh, that, that's not true. You don't do that in, in the body of Christ. I don't know where they're getting it from. The word. We're not in the old. We're in the new. Jesus have already come. Grace and truth is here now. We don't have to do what they do in the most sacrificing animals. We don't have to be up under the law no more. We're up under grace. And Jesus brought this grace and truth to us from the Father. So everything that Jesus said, that's why Mary said, everything that he says, do it. So that's what they had to do. They had to follow the pattern that Jesus was bringing from heaven. So Jesus was endued with this power. He was driven in the wilderness. You know, that's Matthew 4, when the spirit was upon him. And, you know, he got tempted. How long was he tempted, y'all? 40 days. That's testing. 40 means testing. So he got tempted for 40 days with the enemy. And guess what? Because of the power that was upon Jesus... Jesus passed that test because he kept saying, it is written. See, he knew what the father had said to him. So what am I saying? Before I can get where I am now, y'all, I had to be tested. Some people don't want to give up a fruit loop. Just being honest, more or less a piece of pork, y'all. You don't even want to give up some of your fruit loops of breakfast to your own children. Boy, I'm eating them fruit loops this morning. You know me about the whole box. I got a taste for fruit loops. You just get you a piece of toast. Some of us are not willing to give up anything. Jesus was willing to give up his life for us. But guess what? He had to walk in the fivefold to show us how it's supposed to be done. So when he leave, the ones that he have called to the office of apostle had to walk just like he walked. And then they had to make disciples. Y'all see? There's an order in the body of Christ, but it's too many people jumping the gun 
trying to do it their way instead of doing it the way that God have orchestrated it through his son, Jesus Christ. So we know he went in the wilderness. And after he come out of that wilderness experience, after he was being tested, and I'm going to tell you something. I have learned this. Each call that was upon my life, there is testing. But the higher the call, there is more. And some people don't understand that. And this is me. I would always say, I just don't understand folk in the church, y'all. I said, my heart goes out to the Lord. You know, whatever need to be done, nobody shouldn't have to ask to do it because this is the Lord's work. And you shouldn't have to beg nobody to do stuff in the house of God. Because if we're a unit, if we're one, if we're united, we should leave our opinions home. We should leave all that home. First of all, you got to trust the one that God has put over you. How do you trust him? We get in there. Jesus was that apostle. He was the one that was sent. And after he went through that testing and that, that trial period, Jesus come out saying, repent for the kingdom of God is what? At hand. So Jesus began to tell him to have a change of mind because the kingdom of God is right here before you, which Jesus was representing the kingdom. He was bringing the kingdom here to earth. He was in that position as an apostle, as the sent one with the message. Come on, if God is sending someone from heaven and they got a message for the church to establish the church, Jesus was the one that was laying down the word for the church. And then he began to call his disciples. He said, follow me. He said, come, follow me. That's a disciple, a learner. It's a follower of Jesus Christ. God had to have someone for them to what? Follow. So this is why you be, need to know who you are following. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You know what? Paul did follow Christ, but we're going to get there even with Paul being the apostle. So in the word of God, we see that Jesus was telling them to follow me. I will make you fishers of men Jesus said I who would do it did he say man or did he say Jesus so Jesus said I will make you fishers of men so he had to have the ones that followed him to get taught by him to be learners of him because guess what they were going to do that's what we're going to ask they had to be the one to lay the foundation that they got from who the greatest apostle that ever lived which was Jesus Christ and see, that's why we get ahead of ourselves. Everything we do should represent him. Why? Because he is that foundation. He's the one that brought the message. And he's the one that began to teach the disciples as he taught them for those many years. And he illustrated heaven on earth. Then he prayed and then he said, here go my apostles. They're going to do like I done. Y'all get it? They had the orchids, orchids great. It had to be like, you know, I remember um, when I was going through the transition and changes, I always loved the orchids great. I always would have a vision, have everything laid out, doing all this and stuff. And I would get so much excitement with doing it. And I'm like, okay, the Lord will show me this and he will show me that. And, and I don't know if y'all seen all of our, um, um, I call them policies and procedures for the ministry, but it lines up with the word of God. I got a book that thick 
and God would give it to me and thank God for Missy when Missy was here. I said, Missy, I need this form. I need this form. Missy would do the forms for me. Why? Because there's an order in the church, and that order is supposed to be according to the word of God. And I'm going to give you another example that some people still don't agree with, which I know by the spirit. Um, It's dealing with even this school and even dealing with leaders. This is what um, the Lord told me to put in place, which was, if you're a leader, you carry in a position, you need to attend Clem School. You need to be taught. You need to know what I'm teaching. You need to know what's going on amongst you. And the reason why is because we need to be on one accord. You need to be taught the same thing. Where is that in the Bible? It's in the Bible because, do y'all remember when old Judas, he hung himself? And it was one missing out of the 12. And they had to choose another one. But they say the one you choose had to be with us from the beginning. From the time of John the Baptist until the time that Jesus ascended to the Father. i give you another example. In the Bible it talks about Paul and Barnabas. And how um, Barnabas wanted to take Mark, which is John. Paul didn't want to take him back with them. Why? He said, I'm just going to say this. He just... Um, left us I'm paraphrasing it he left us and he didn't go with us to um, check on all these churches so no he can't come with us why would Paul say that because he don't want to accord with us so we can't bring him back in with us so this is why the Lord had me to set up for my leaders for my teachers leaders and co-leaders in the house that if you are a leader and co-leader, you need to know what I'm teaching. You need to be on one accord with me because if you got people up under you, then you need to give them what I'm giving you. That makes sense? Yeah, it makes good sense to me. But some people think, well, I don't need to come to Clem or I don't need to come to church to sing. Oh, yes, you do up in here or you won't sing a note because you're going to be off key. Because everybody else is going to be unified. They're going to be walking together. They're going to be on the same accord. They're going to have the same mind. Why? Because we're doing it according to the order of the church. When he sent out those disciples, he sent them out twos, didn't he? Both of them was on one accord. You know, the one was back in the other. They, They got the same teaching. What do I look like going on a mission with a sinner that don't know Jesus but read the word of God and here I am endued with power and they ain't endued with nothing. Come on, I'm crazy. Because we're supposed to be taught the same thing. So Jesus began to teach those disciples. But understand what he had to do with those disciples, first of all. First of all, they had to trust him to follow him. What made those men leave their jobs leave their homes to follow Jesus it was because of the message that Jesus had presented unto them and the message that Jesus was presenting unto unto them Jesus met them actually where they were because they talked about a coming Messiah they talked about someone who was coming which was Messiah Christ the anointed one so when Jesus began to proclaim the message from the father then they began to join in with what Jesus was saying because it was not like y'all they didn't hear it before because the old testament they knew that they knew that so Jesus was only bringing forth what had already been revealed he was letting them know I'm the one that was sent from God so they had to trust in the one that God had sent So by them trusting in him, they was willing to give up everything. 
They were willing to leave everything. So let's stop right there. Some people want a position. Like I said, but you're not willing to give up anything. What are you willing to give up for the kingdom? What are you willing to let go of for the kingdom? One thing that we should learn is time. I just don't have time. I'm so occupied. I'm so busy. But when you're going through, you want everybody else to stop what they're doing to help you. So when we give up really ourselves, when we forsake all and follow him, we lose interest in ourselves. We're saying, God, I trust you enough. I trust the one that you have sent to leave what I'm doing to follow him or her because I trust them. They had to develop such a relationship after they took um, that position as a disciple with Jesus to take everything that he was giving them unto heart. And that's what we have to do in the body of Christ. You got too many people trying to start a church or set up churches in different locations and have not even developed their relationship with God, cannot even be trusted with their own finances. Do you think if you cannot be trusted with your own finances, God going to trust you with his kingdom? I beg you to differ. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. Every call that I have walked in, I had to let go of something. Something that I thought I had in control of. My finances, I realized they were not mine. And this is a funny thing. When it had come to paying tithes, <laughs> I made up my mind when I hit that church, you ain't getting number $20. That's all you getting is $20. And I paid it faithfully, and it didn't bother my heart. Because my heart wasn't right. So I thought I was doing something, y'all. I'm getting you $20. Honey, you got that $20. We already knew what we were going to pay. $20 every two weeks. And some people say, well, the Bible says don't give grudgingly or not a necessity. Give for the heart. So you giving from your heart. Yes, that's exactly where my heart was. It was a $20 heart. It was. $20 heart. I was saved, y'all. Getting ready to go pastor. $20 heart, that's what I had. But the more God broke me down, the more God began to shake me and loose me from me, this is when reality set in, y'all. When I began to pastor, and when you begin to pastor and you begin to go into the word and know what the word is saying, this is the funny part. When I started pastoring, I wouldn't ask for tithe. What a captain. You remember? I wouldn't ask for no tithe. I wasn't looking for nobody to pay nothing. They don't have to get their money. They don't have to get not one dollar. And I was happy with it. Jennifer was happy with it, wasn't it? This is the funny part. We were paying our tithes, but we ain't bothering nobody else to pay theirs. Ignorant. Ignorant. I don't believe in that. They don't have to pay their tithes. But we were giving money to help people, but wasn't asking people to give nothing. I remember that day when the Lord had me to study up on tithes. I'm like, Jesus, that's for real. <laughs> so that's when we began to implement the tithes. I'm telling y'all, God raised me up out of the word, and he showed me through my life how to orchestrate things that you see even right now. And the way that I did it was not my way. It was the kingdom's way. God, I want to do everything according to your kingdom. And this is one thing that I'm going to do tonight to show you a vision. How I say an apostle has a vision and everything that that apostle has is going to line up 
with the word of God. Is that not true? Okay, so we understand that Jesus was an apostle that was what? Sent by who? Sent by God, not sent by man. We understand that Jesus knew that he was sent by God. So he didn't worry about what man said or what man thought. He wasn't worrying about man putting him in no position. He stood in the position that God put him in as that apostle, apostle, as that ambassador, as the one that God sent with his authority to execute whatever order God wanted him to execute on earth. That's how Jesus saw himself. This is why you saw Jesus... Um, when he come up on the Pharisees and Sadducees, them people wasn't nothing to him because he was going on what God was telling him to do. He wasn't thinking about what man was saying. No, I come here to do the will of my father. And if you knew my father, you would know I was sent by him. You would know the words that I'm speaking is coming from the father and they're not coming from me. Remember, they said, Abraham is my father. <laughs> but Jesus said, if Abraham was your father, you would know that I'm sent by the father. So see, Jesus knew the word, so he stood on the word. And that's what an ambassador, an apostle is going to do. An ambassador that's sent from God, they ain't listening to no other order except for the one that that sent them. They're going to stand strictly by the word of God. They're not going to go outside the word. They don't care who get mad at them. They don't care who they hate it by. They're going to stand strictly by the word of God. So we understand that you got to know that call. You don't worry about man. You listen to what God has said. So we know about that. But this is one thing that God was showing me tonight. And I'm going to let Manny do this illustration for me. Remember I say um, an apostle, what they do, they have a vision. They, they um, orchestrate, you know, and um, bring the word that God has given into the body of Christ. They bring that foundation. So, Manny, I want to use you. Come up here for a second with the mic. And I'm going to show you something. Y'all know Miracle Temple have a vision in this house, right? Now, as Manny go over this vision, each part of this vision, I want to see if anybody can recognize that it's strictly from the word of God and is lining up with what God has. Go ahead, Manny. All right. Um. The Spirit of the Lord is upon Miracle Temple Temple Deliverance Ministries because he's anointed Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries to heal the brokenhearted, to uh, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Stop right there, man. What's in that scripture? (laughs) and he sent what did that represent an apostle he sent go ahead um manny and then um miracle temple deliverance ministry should be a resource center uh and a counseling center a recreational center um for god said given it shall be given unto you Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. Okay. How do we represent those? We have counts in the house. We have the gym. Are we representing? Are we doing according to the word of God? Go ahead on, Manny. 
And then Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry shall be a teaching ministry. But Jesus said, go ye therefore into all the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Stop right there. Is Miracle Temple doing that? Is that happening? Okay, go ahead, Manny. And Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry shall establish churches. For the word of God said, and so were the churches established in the faith, increased in number daily. Stop right there. When we say establish churches, what do an apostle do? They set up what that means when Paul went everywhere with that message, with that foundation, he was establishing churches, getting them on one accord in unity. Guess what? And they began to increase in what? Number. Okay, go ahead, Manny. And Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries walks by faith, not by sight. Stop right there. <laughs> we getting there. But is that not the word? Is that what we're supposed to be doing? Okay, let's line it up with Jesus then. Somebody tell me, when we say we walk by faith and not by sight, give me a scripture in the word of God that represents Jesus walking the earth, walking by faith and not by sight. I'll give you one, two fish, five loaves of bread. Right? Sent Peter to get the tax money. Do y'all see this in this ministry? Do anybody see this in this ministry? We ain't got too many yes. Go ahead on, Manny. Um, Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry should have a school of ministry. Christ lives in me, school of ministry. Where it says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay. Anybody seeing that in here? Anybody seeing it? Go ahead on, Manny. And then Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry shall root up and tear down the strongholds off God's people. Where he says, see this day have I set thee over the nations, over the kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to throw down, to build, and to plant. Okay. Anybody seeing that? Anybody seeing stuff uh, rooted up, tore down, and built back up? Okay. What did that whole vision represent? Who, Jennifer? Thank you. That's what he called me to do. And if you would know this vision of this house, I wouldn't have people bucking up against me. Why? Because I'm doing it according to the word of God, and I'm going to choose whom God tell me to choose. And let me tell you how you choose. You look out amongst you and see the ones that's steady, the ones that's faithful, the ones that you don't have to tell all the time. See, I spend time with those that want to do. I don't waste time with slowful people. I leave them alone. Because that tells me you don't want to do nothing. If I got to keep telling you and telling you and telling you and telling you, that means ain't no point. Let me tell you this. Go back into the Bible. Thank you, Manny, where Jesus, when he walked with those disciples and he trained them, he loosed them. And they had to do 
based upon what they was trained, right? They had to go out from amongst him and do what he taught them. Look around. We're supposed to be, uh, what's that verse? The Great Commission. Everybody in here supposed to be going out, doing that Great Commission, teaching them to of what? Observe what? All things for what? That he has commanded you. Do you see how important it is for the fivefold, y'all? People don't understand. People want a position, but they don't understand the importance of the position. This is why you take time out and you teach. And once you teach, Teresa, I'm going to use you for an example. What grade are you teaching? Okay. You got first grade now. You're in the office now. Let me ask you a question. When you were in kindergarten with the kindergartners, y'all had to start out with a plan, with an agenda, didn't you? Didn't they have to write out what they were going to go over? Or they already had what's required for those kindergartens, and they have to go by what's required. The way you lay it out is up to you, but you got to go strictly by what they tell you to do to make sure they're at the place they need to be by the time they go to the first grade. So if the teachers have done their part and the pupil have not grabbed hold to what y'all done, y'all done check y'all stuff, say I did this with them, I did that, I had conferences, I called in the parents. Um, but for some reason, that one right now, they want to run their mouth, they want to act like they're on the playground, fail. You got to stay right here. Because you still haven't caught on all year what I've been teaching all year. You don't know A from B and been in here a whole year. So some people want to push them up to the first grade just to get rid of them because they're tired of them. I ain't that type person. I'll let you sit there till your tail get hot. And it wouldn't hurt me if you talk about me. Because, see, I watch who's up under me. And I watch what you do or how you do it. I can't have you as an intercessor because you don't even pray for your house. How are you going to pray for this house? I can't have you going to check on the sick when you don't care if they're sick or not. It don't take nobody 20 years to get one verse of scripture. It don't take nobody 20 years to get into the word of God when you know that's your lifeline. So this is what I do. How many know that's what I do? I watch you. Oh, man, don't I watch you. See how often you come into the house of God. See how on time you are when you come into the house of God. Because guess what? If you can't be on time for what God has placed in my hands, God ain't going to place nothing in your hands. You can't fake it to make it, baby, because eventually what you do to me is going to happen to you. You're going to reap what you sow. If you ain't giving into this ministry, God ain't going to put no ministry in your hand for nobody to give in to you because you hold him back on where he has placed you. And then the Bible said wherever he, what he have planted, nobody should be uprooted. So tell folk when they come in Miracle Temple, don't say God planted you here. Because when it get hot, you ready to uproot yourself out that seat because you don't like what apostle said. 
So don't, don't tell them, don't come into church, be lying now. Just say, I'm just going to um, stay over here for a little while until this is where I know God want me to be. <laughs> I'm just going to visit. I'm a visitor. And when my time of visitation is up, then you won't see me no more. <laughs> That's right. Just Y'all know how they say you're going to have a visitation when somebody dies. Ain't what they call it a visitation. Ain't that what they call it? You go visit the body because after a while you ain't going to see that body. <laughs> right? So that's what's happening in church. People just visiting, Phil. Then after a while you don't see them no more, but they still think they're a member. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh, y'all, we're going to get some good teaching. Y'all, y'all, y'all going to know, and so don't even act like you don't know. You're going to know what the Bible is saying, and you ain't going to be confused no more because I'm going to lay it out little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept. Y'all know that's what happened in Isaiah, right? Them people got mad, didn't they? Why don't people get mad? You remember that scripture, Gloria, that he kept saying it over and over again, and them people were mad like they dumb and didn't know. But he said, this is how I have to give it to you. <laughs> this is how I have to give it to you. So this is what we're going to learn. And I'm not through with the apostle yet because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going over Jesus as the apostle. He's the one that sent. Then I'm going to go into the word of God and show you the apostles. Now, we talked about disciples. We had a, a teaching on disciples, followers of Christ, learners of Christ, and how they had to be taught of Christ. And once they were taught of Christ, then he put them and um uh, to be an apostle then they took um what they learned and they laid the foundation of jesus christ and then there were disciples but then they start having elders in the church they start ordaining pastors in the church and by the way bishops those are pastors it in today's world they look at bishop as the high art bishop no when you look it up in greek it is pastor overseer but they use word bishop to you know differently but it's a pastor it's an overseer but people take that word bishop and say rise bishop is in the house everybody rise but we're going to learn all of that good stuff because we're going to stay in order when it comes to the word of god so next week We'll go over some more dealing with apostle. And by the way, the apostle is the thumb. Guess what? Without that thumb, what y'all? Don't my hand look funny without the thumb? Just four fingers. Every joint in this house supplies. But you got to know which joint you are. Right? Some of us trying to be something that we're not. And you're trying to bring isms and schisms in the body of Christ because somebody told you you were something that you're not. And somebody told me one time, well, somebody told me I was an evangelist and they told me that you should know it. I said, well, I sure didn't tell you, Heather. Because I watch folk. You want to be an evangelist? You ain't out there uh, proclaiming the good news. What you up in here for? You supposed to be out there claiming the good news. What souls have you won? Well, well, nothing. If you're an evangelist, what's happening? You ain't been taught yet. What's happening? So see, people use that to stir people up, to bring confusion in the body of Christ. But once you are taught, you got to have a heart 
to evangelize. You got to be a fireball to evangelize. Guess what? All of us in this room can evangelize, but does not mean we're an evangelist. All of us can go out and win souls, but we don't have that um, position in the body of Christ to be that evangelist. So we're going to learn all of that because there is evangelism that all of us are supposed to be doing. Amen. I'm excited, y'all. I'm so excited because it's going to teach us to stay in our lane. Look at your neighbor say, get out of my lane. Say, what you doing in this lane? Anyway, y'all, I got something to tell you. I got something to tell you. My husband know exactly what I'm going to tell you about these lanes. I'm reminded of the lane and I'm going to close. This is funny, y'all. Remember I say, stay out my lane. You stay in your lane. I'm going to stay in my lane and nobody won't get hurt, right? On our way back from um, Chapel Hill, picking area up. Y'all, they bother me so much. Y'all pray for me. Y'all praying for me. Somebody praying. I'm in the back seat area. Mama let me drive. I got to learn how to drive because when I bring my car up here, I got to learn how to drive. And I'm up there saying, help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Jesus. Help me. So I'm in the back seat, y'all. All the way up there, I'm in my word. I'm studying. But on the way back, I, I know area going to want to drive. So I can't look in that Bible while she's driving because I have to look everywhere else. So I'm in the back seat, and I'm on the phone, and I'm talking, and I sat there, and I'm just talking, and I'm hearing up there in the front seat. My husband got his phone out. Y'all don't know what happened to that man. I just don't know. Something must have hit him in the head. He had his phone out saying, Ariel, that button right there don't work. I don't understand. No, I'm going to tell you about my husband. It's funny. It's funny because it was out of his character. Ariel. That button right there don't work. So I'm saying, okay, he's saying this button don't work. And I still see them long fingers mess with that phone. I'm on the phone, but I'm watching. But this is the catch, y'all. Him and Aria tell me, mama, you holler too much. You make me nervous. You holler too much. You need to quit your hollering. Won't happen. Anyway, now let Jesus silence me like he did Zachariah. Won't happen. He hitting the button. So Aria, I guess she got tired of her daddy saying this won't work. So Aria saying, daddy. You got to do this. Next thing I know, you ever felt an unction? I look that way and I can high five this boy. We in his lane. I'm next to him. I said, Jesus, I got to go. And when I said that, my husband took the wheel, got us back. But only thing I saw next was a wall. But he said, you know, she didn't really overcorrect herself. But y'all, I said, Whole car silent. I said, hmm, thank God I hollered today, wasn't it? <laughs> Y'all, I ain't lying. I remember that boy's face. He was a white person. His face was oval. He had both hands on the wheel. And I'm looking at him like, hey! Mm-hmm. Child, he was white as a ghost. I ain't lying, I remember his face, but what am I saying tonight? Stay in your lane. Because if you out of your lane, you're going to hurt somebody else because you're trying to do something you should not be doing. That's the whole thing. So I thank God for Jesus that he was there in the midst of us and my mouth was so loud <laughs> that they heard me. But you know what the greatest thing was? My daughter could have panic and lost control and it would have been towed up from the flow up. I ain't joking. 
So the only thing I can do, and the funny part is, this man, y'all know how funny he is. He said, Manda, what's that right there on that window? My handprint. <laughs> he said, what were you trying to do? Push yourself off the wall? <laughs> Look, you got to hold on to something. I was holding on to his hand, his unchanging hand. Y'all, but that's the point I want to make. Stay in your lane because if you don't, somebody is going to get hurt. That's why I said that. Not trying to be funny because that was a serious matter. But when you get out of your lane, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting somebody else. So this is why we're teaching about the order of the church. Some people, I'm going to say, might get a little rowdy or may not agree, but I'm going to come right from the, I'm going to shoot from the hip which is that Bible, to show you how things supposed to be. And I pray Miracle Temple as we learning together. If you're out of order, I expect you to get in order. And that's what the word does. It teaches you his order and his way of doing things. Amen. Praise Jesus. I'm going to ask one person to come up here right quick and tell me what stood out the most to you so far dealing with the order of the church. Can I have one person? Oh my goodness, don't rush up here all at once. Let me move. Come on in the room. Somebody. I don't even see you over there. Come on, Tyson. Tyson, can you do the mic for me so they can hear you? <laughs> Let me turn it on for you. Tyson ain't shy. No, I'm tell you, tell the truth, shame the devil. What I've learned was even uh, we was talking about being in order um, at, at the beginning and even on the jobs, uh, we have safety meetings. And the safety meetings is to remind you, as you said earlier, when we, when we uh, get trained before we do a job, and even right now I'm here, I'm here because I want to learn. I'm shutting my mouth, study to be quiet, and I'm making my mind up that I'm going to go. But she said you had to be trained before you start a job. And in the morning, we have to come in earlier to have a safety meeting. Even after you get trained, we have to go for safety meetings. And the safety meeting is to keep us in tune with the order of the job. And we all have to sign off on it. And so if you're not there and you don't sign off on it, uh, the one that's in charge, he can get in trouble or she can get in trouble because everybody's not signed off and you go and have a mistake and you're not signed off, it comes back to the one that's in charge, the supervisor that's in charge. So right now today, I'm staying here because the unity is in the word of God and until I learn uh, the, the right order and the word of God, I'm going to sit right there and keep my, my butt warm. And I'm going to do exactly what she said because sometimes I don't think nobody's in this church but me. Um, and I thank God for it because um, 
I can't go without it. Amen. And I thank God for it. Amen. You wrapped it up. Is there somebody else? Anybody else? Doesn't it behoove you, as they say, to learn the order, even on your job, so when something come up that you know ain't right, you go into that, uh, what you call it, on your job? Who? No, you go into your book your, that they give you, your handbook, and you know what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Y'all, why is it that we know on our jobs, but when it comes to the church, we act like we deaf and dumb? Everybody should be on the same accord. I don't care if you call yourself Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian. I don't care who you call yourself. We serve one Lord. What else? One faith. One baptism. Everything's supposed to be done accordingly. So when we go visit other places, things should not be out of order, should it? We should all be on the same accord. So this is why we're learning the order of the church. So I pray that the ones that's in here now, that's learning the order of the church, that you will be able to share that with people that you meet to help them to know this is what the words say. This is why you go home and search the scriptures and what I'm giving you so you will know how to answer someone when they're asking you a question when it comes to the order of the church. What are you learning? What do you mean an apostle? Apostle passed away with the, you know, the apostles been gone. When Jesus left, they left. No, that is not what the words say. You need to show them in the word of God. You need to show them there are still apostles today. I'm up under one. Do you know what her name? Yeah, I know who your apostle is. It's Amanda Bryant, Walker Bryant. That's who she is. Everybody know me, y'all, and I don't know them. Ooh, glory. I'm happy. If you're happy and you know, wave your hand. I'm happy about that because I know I'm doing a good work for the Lord, especially when you talked about we give God glory. Anybody else? Tyson, thank you for that. Anyone else? Come on, the class, class, we need some participation. Stay like Mr. Saunders said. Zero, get in that ship. <laughs> Come on, Brother Hayes. And we'll wrap it up with Brother Hayes. And I want to have Jamie to come up here tonight and pray for those that are out there trick-or-treating. Amen. What I learned in the order of the church, as you do your role in the order of the church, when you study, it becomes easier. And when it comes easier, you can meditate more. And the key to the order of the church is meditation in the word of God. And it builds your faith more and more. Amen. Come on, um, Jamie, and let's pray for the ones that's out there trick-or-treating. Amen. Stay in your lane. All right, Jamie. Hallelujah. Could we all just come up here and we'll all stand together in unity, please?
Hallelujah. We want to lift those up there that's out tonight doing, uh, you know, tonight is a night of devil worship. Yes, that's what he did. So we're going to pray for those. Hallelujah. God, we just thank you. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we come against the mind-boggling spirits, Father God, that's out there right now in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of darkness and principality, we rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, God, that the we we thank you, Father, the ones that the enemies blinded the minds of the unbelievers, Father. Thank you that they're coming into the knowledge, God. Yes, God. God of the truth, God, and the glorious gospel is being shown to to them, Father. And God, we thank you, God, that we can stand out as lights, God, and to be able to show people, God, that this this season, that what they're doing, it isn't right, Father, and we can stand out and be different, God. And God, we can just let them know that, God, that the, the truth is, God, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, Father, God, in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. And God, we just speak. God, that, that every assignment that the enemy sent out against people, God, your people, God, that don't even know that you're, they're your people yet, Father. God, we thank you that all things are working together for the good, God, right now in the name of Jesus. And God, we just thank you for peace, God, in their lives, God. We thank you for clear directions, God. God, we just thank you for a, a change for them, Father, in Jesus' name. God, we thank you, for, Father, for sending forth laborers, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, God. And we just give you all the glory and honor and praise, God, that this is done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.